You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 52. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So grateful that you're listening in again to the podcast this week. We are recording this one at the beginning of November, and the holidays are right around the corner. My, the fall went by so quickly. Besides a couple of inches on the ground on Halloween night, which happens in Michigan, it's been a relatively warm one up here. In fact, we were able to keep our boat in the water all the way through October. That was a real, real blessing. So today, though, I want to talk to you about navigating the holidays beautifully with both body and soul. With the delay and pray method of spiritual fasting, there's no need to slow down your progress if you're losing weight, no need to gain weight, or even be tempted to throw your protocol out the window. We don't have to do that. This is a forever lifestyle. All that is necessary is to shift your mindset a bit and how you think about the holidays and everything, including your food choices, will fall into place beautifully. The goal is to keep both body and soul in mind for every holiday and the parties and events that surround these holidays too. Holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas are not just about the food, but they are also about thanking God for all that he has blessed us with. One of the best ways to do this is to begin our days worshiping him at mass and receiving the Eucharist first thing. This will go a long way in filling up your soul with the grace that will be needed to have a very fruitful day. I'm going to get to food in a minute, but I want to also consider intentionally connecting to friends and family with as much love as possible. It's possible to put less emphasis on food and more emphasis on connection for the entire day. You would not believe how wonderful this is. It's very intentional. This is a Christ-centered mindset shift to redefine what a holiday means. You can ask yourself questions as to what you want to get out of a holiday like Thanksgiving or Christmas this year. This is shifting to a God-centered and neighbor-centered focus and how important those relationships are rather than just overeating or overdrinking. This is a shift from indulgence to love and abundance, no matter what food is on the table. Today, I have a special guest on the podcast to talk about how she is shifting her mindset away from sugar and towards Christ to navigate through the holidays this year. Her name is Nikki D'Souza, and she is a Catholic mindset coach, a teacher, and she was a client in the Delay and Pray group coaching program this year, and she is still in the membership. When she entered the program, she had an overdesire for sugar, especially around Christmas. She couldn't resist the cookies and treats. Her mindset seemed to be stuck in indulgence, like most of us. This is usually the case with all the parties and events going on at this time. She wondered what her life would be like if she didn't love and crave sugar so much. Immediately, from just thinking about leaving sugar behind, she felt herself fall into discomfort and resistance. So she decided to join the Delay and Pray program to learn a new and different way to deal with sugar. She will discuss her journey with us and help us wrap our minds around a new way of thinking about the holidays when it comes to consuming sugar or whatever substance you may want to overeat or overdrink. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Hi, Beth. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, this is a joy. I love talking to you, Nikki. You are a wonderful coach and you are so fun to talk to because you are very truthful about the coaching program and how you actually came into it and your success and your failures. And oh, it's just so much fun to talk about your experience. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself in case there are people that don't know about you as a teacher and a coach. Just give us a little story and how you joined the Delay and Pray group coaching program. Absolutely. So my name is Nikki. I am a French teacher based out of Mississauga, Ontario, a city in Canada. And I teach ninth and 10th grade French. And when I'm not teaching, I really love coaching Catholic women and I help them to understand their emotions and to reach their goals. And one of the most remarkable chapters of my life was a couple of years ago in 2020 when I got married amidst the pandemic. So just navigating the pandemic and cancellations and all of that stuff was definitely a challenging season. So I already knew based off of that, I could do hard things. I told my husband, no matter what comes, this was our the Lord parting the Red Sea moment. So anything from here on out, like we'll be able to face. Yay. I love that. So when you actually signed up for the program, which is doing hard things, and I knew that you're in it to win it, One of the things that you said you asked yourself was, what would my life look like if I weren't so engulfed by the desire to have sugar all the time? So tell me a little bit about that. I assume this was last Christmas? Yeah. So last Christmas, I mean, all my life, I've always said I've had a sweet tooth. I have a sweet tooth. More than anything, though, I noticed the weight gain. I noticed my desire for sugar. And you call it runaway food, which I love. Prior to your program, I was doing Melissa Urban's Whole30, and she uses the term sugar dragon. So whether it's sugar dragon or you're pulling towards sweets or carbs, it's that idea of the irresistible, like the dragon that can never be satisfied. So once you eat one bar of Kit Kat, you just want to finish the rest. Once you have one shortbread cookie, those are my favorite, you just kind of want more. So I wasn't really able to tame that. So although I was resistant to the program because I was like, oh, I'm already doing enough, it just seemed like another thing. It almost seemed, even though I'm not sanguine, I'm like, oh, this won't be any fun. But I just felt like I was invited by the Lord into this challenge. And I think some of the terminology you used about like it being an adventure, it being your next thing, I was like, okay. And I think I just told myself, at least you'll learn, even if it's just a couple tools, obviously it's been much more than that. And I was able to really take myself from a 10 to like right down to a two when it comes to navigating my sugar craving. So it's been really awesome. Oh, yay. So I was on the whole 30. Well, I've been on all the diets and I made it about three weeks. And I think the problem for me was, you know, in my program, I talked to you about it's a slow trajectory to be a saint and to live the virtuous life. So I think the thing about Whole30 is it's all at once and there's no relief. So when you're giving it all up at once, it's difficult. And some people can do it. It was very hard for me. And plus, I didn't have a spiritual purpose. So it was just me doing another diet. So Interesting that I love the whole foods concept of the whole 30 and how food affects your body. So that part of it is beautiful. And we all know that the sugar and the flour and the alcohol cause inflammation in our bodies and also cause us cravings, which actually just sends you into that over desire, over hunger, overeating phase. So we got that. But tell us about how this was different in regards to sugar and how using even maybe your Catholic mindset work helped as well with the overconsumption 
and pairing that with the sacrament. Yeah, this was a completely different ballgame. While I'm super grateful for my time in Whole30 with the intentionality piece of it and just almost like the prep work, like the Lord uses all of our kids. He does. He's amazing like that. Whether it was a great experience, a challenging experience, he is able to just pull the beauty from it. So that kind of prepared me. But what that program and what many programs are missing is that spiritual aspect. You are fasting for a purpose, with a purpose. So what this brought me into was fasting for God, with God, which was a beautiful change. Like if you remember that, I believe it's the doxology part of the mass where it's like through him, with him, and for him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. Like we are able to really, with spiritual fasting, bring that in. So for me, I was just really able to say, okay, what's my intention this week, this month, this day? And I felt so much more connected to that intention with the spiritual fasting because I felt like I was doing something. It was so concrete. Like, I am not eating this sugary tree for a person in my life who's no longer in the faith. I am no longer choosing to have a carb-filled dinner in hopes that somebody else will find their hope in Christ. So it was just a completely different experience. And then with the mindset piece, when I did give in or didn't make the right choice, I was just able to do the reflective piece of going back and saying, okay, what was the trip of? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? Nine times out of 10, it was being unprepared. I didn't have a meal planned. I was just going through what was available. So I was able to take myself from maybe feeling feelings of guilt and shame and just saying, you know what, this is a learning experience. What am I pulling from this experience so I can have more success during the rest of the week? And the final piece about that is just remembering that one poor choice or bad meal or off protocol decision doesn't have to be like the whole day is kind of in the gutter for lack of better words. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things we always coached on, not just you and I, but the whole group is failing to success. And that is the thing that everyone needs to understand about spiritual fasting or any diet that you're on. You're going to fail because we are human beings. The Lord Jesus, he he fell three times on his way to Calvary and he showed us how to get back up. And with our crosses, we are going to fall too. But we get back up. We get back up together as a community. We look at the data. We figure out with love and compassion for ourselves and with Jesus, how are we going to rectify this? How are we going to plan better? How are we going to prep better? How are we going to go forward? So there really is no falling off the wagon. It's just getting back up when you do fail. And it's also learning how to fail because we don't really do that well at failing in this society. We are a society of perfectionism. Like either I'm going to try this for a couple of days and it's going to work and I'm going to get to my 30 pound weight loss or forget it. And that's not it. It is a journey. It is a complete and total journey. The Lord takes your redemptive suffering day one and he uses it for good. Day one, whether you fail or not. Yeah, I love when you share on our calls about your early years and where you are now. Because when we were first on the call and you talked about your feast days on Sundays were only coffee with a little bit of cream or it was just very light. I'm like, how? What? I just couldn't understand it. And now this is only my first year, but I'm slowly getting the understanding of when we're feasting, it doesn't have to be this indulgence this gluttony. It can be small treats that bring you joy. And something that was really helpful is imagining my spiritual fasting journey 
all the way into my 50s or years beyond and bringing it to my future's children. Like, as I mentioned, I'm newlywed, so I don't have kids just yet. And just reminding myself, this is a journey. I'm only in year one, like month nine, 10 of year one. So just kind of really giving myself grace that it doesn't all have to be perfect. So some days I have six out of seven days on protocol. Amazing. Some days I have like four out of seven days that are on protocol, but just really learning, looking back and saying, okay, what can I learn from this week? this meal that I can really take into a long-term plan for spiritual fasting, a lifelong journey of spiritual fasting. Oh my gosh. I really love that you said that because I do sometimes forget my early days and I have to go back. I'm going to recall one memory for you and I hope this helps. There was a time during Lent that I decided it was my first Lent. So it was like probably maybe three years ago. I decided to give up sugar, flour, and alcohol, all of it, even on Sundays, because I had a very big spiritual goal that I was praying for. It was, it had my heart. It was right after COVID, right after my mom died. And I was like, I had some deep, deep spiritual goals. And I remember it was a Saturday night and I was at a friend's house with my husband and lots of friends, lots of couples, and they were all eating and drinking. And there was a Purdue basketball game on and they were having the best time. And I was not, I was eating my pepper strips And I remember, I don't know, whatever I had, my hummus, and I had a caffeine-free Diet Coke. I remember I splurged on that. And I just remember going to bed that night, and I was just quiet, which was fine. I was watching everyone, which was fascinating. I was just watching everyone. But I was kind of in pain. (laughs) I was in discomfort and feeling deprived. Then I went to bed that night, and I had an, an image that came to me from the Lord. And he said to me, and it was I'd had this image one time before during when I was in church after mass. And he asked me to just crawl into his side wound and have a rest and just have a rest. And I remember it was so visual for me. And he's like, this is where I started the church. It was with my wounds. It's here, here, here. And I want you here. And I remember thinking, oh, oh my goodness. And all that pain and discomfort and deprivation, it didn't really go away. It was just palpable. And it was like, there was a reason and a purpose behind it. And I knew that I was learning. I knew that I was learning. But for everyone out there that's just starting, (laughs) it's kind of painful sometimes. I mean, I jumped in into the deep water, like, I just, you know, that Lent, you don't have to do that. And we don't do that in the program. We go slowly. But it is available to you. And it is interesting because I wasn't on a diet. I was eating plenty. I just wasn't consuming sugar, flour, and alcohol, which in the past had given me a lot of pleasure and a lot of comfort. So now fast forward years, here I am, what, four years later, three or four years later. And what's interesting in my whole life is that things don't upset me. I can take discomfort. I can take pain. And it's kind of amazing. And I'm in it to win it with the Lord. Even today, we had a problem with the website, and I was like, oh, what happened? Part of it is gone. Oh, we'll figure it out. (laughs) And it took all day. We figured it out. But I literally had no tears. I was completely trusting God. I just prayed and asked him to show his impossible hand. That's what I do for everything. And uh, I didn't eat. I didn't have like any imbalanced emotion over it. So I'm glad that you you actually brought this up, Nikki, because it's something I don't talk about a lot. I kind of talk about all this success, <laughs> which is great, but you do have to go through discomfort, don't you, Nikki? 
Yeah. Sometimes we look at maybe someone like you or someone who's been doing this longer, some of our moms and dads that are that was just part of their growing up. I know you talked a lot about your moms and your aunts and how that was just really a part of their generation. And it almost just seems like I'll never get there because I'm barely making it a couple days a week. And it's just remembering this is the long game. It's a long this game. This is not a one and done. This is the long game. And I love that because the holidays are coming up. and. It's something that you don't have to say, okay, well, it's November and December, so I won't spiritually fast for a couple of months and then I'll get right back on it in January. No, that's the diet mentality. So the holidays are coming and to actually keep spiritually fasting is in your best interest. It's actually the best time during these holidays. I know you're in Canada. You've already had your Thanksgiving in the United States. It's coming up, but Christmas is coming up with Advent and we are parallel with that. But the whole thing is, it's actually, as a Catholic, shifting our mindset into love and abundance instead of indulgence and thinking of maybe trading some of our sugar for the sweetness of heaven and looking to the holidays as a time of connection to family and friends and a connection to God that is very, very deep and possibly crawling into his side wound and having a little discomfort with him there. What do you think of that? It's kind of deep. Yeah. And we don't often associate the holidays and discomfort. That is not on anybody's slogan. It is not on anyone's advertising campaign. Nope. But it's the idea of approaching the holidays a little bit more intentionally, really your life a little bit more intentionally. And instead of just rushing from event to event, or if you happen to be the family that's hosting, hosting one event to the other without really pausing and asking yourself those key questions of like, what do I want to eat? What do I want to avoid? What is my true desire at this event, whether it's connecting with family and friends or having that one-on-one -on -one conversation with your niece or nephew that you only really see a couple times a year? What is the intention of prayer that you're bringing into this event to pray for the people that are coming the conversations that are going to be had. Maybe some families are really rough with family wounds or, or breakages. This is maybe a, a holiday season with grief for some people. Just really taking time. I want to invite our listeners during this season as we prepare for Advent for all of you in Thanksgiving, like whether it's adoration or personal prayer or mass, just taking time with our Lord and saying, Lord, what do you want to show me this season? What do you want to bring to life? What wound do you want to heal? What conversation needs to be had? And just beginning to ask the questions with the heart of seeking the face of the Lord, with seeking like valuable answers, because oftentimes we will cover the anxiety of these events, the worry around conversation with food, because it provides that comfort. It provides the barrier from having the actual conversation, from making the challenging decision to perhaps not attend certain events. This is the discomfort we all face, and it's the hard we must choose. Both hards are there either way, but which hard are we choosing? Yes, I absolutely love that. So that, that's the first tip, actually, isn't it, is possibly starting Thanksgiving Day that's coming up in the States with Mass. This is what I do now with all the holidays. I start, you know, Eucharist means Thanksgiving. So just like Nikki said, I invite you to go to Mass, even with your family, and thank the Lord for your life. Thank him for everything that you have. 
Thank him for the future. Thank him for all your dreams that are coming true. Really seek and desire what he has in store for you. And thank him for your broken family. Thank him for everything and ask him for what you need and he will give it to you. So it's a great way to start out. It's a beautiful way. And if you can go to adoration, even before that, in our program, we advise a minimum baseline of adoration one hour per week, confession monthly, and at least one daily mass. And then sticking in another hour of adoration, maybe the next year or a daily mass every year where you progress onto the program so that eventually in five years, you'll have daily mass and everyone will be going to daily mass soon. So anyway, that is a great way to start. And I love inviting the Lord into the holiday, into your family, into the wounds. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'll make a note about daily mass. That's actually something I was coached on at first with Beth. My first coaching question was, I don't really have time for daily mass. Pretty much can I just skip it? Or sorry, weekly mass, one additional mass a week, a daily mass a week. And I was really just hoping Beth would just give me permission. Like, I don't know why I thought she would, but I really just thought she'd be like, oh, Nikki, yes, of course. You're a teacher. I used to be a teacher. Of course, you for you, you can skip it. Like, I was the special one in the group, yet I brought it to coaching. And she so gently coached me around desire, around making space. And I kind of left the call a little grumpy. I didn't really get the answer I was looking for. And lo and behold, that week was a snow day. And my first space in my calendar was created. And week after week, whether it was just a tutoring student canceling, plans falling through, like the Lord made space in the beginning and for me. And then I was able to intentionally make space later. So I just wanted to give our listeners a little heads up if sometimes listening to the program may sound like it's a lot. The Lord will create the space. The Lord will give you the strength to be able to do that. Yes. Yes, he will. And then everyone in the program that has joined before you, all the alumni are praying and fasting for all of the new people who come in for the Lord to make space for adoration and for mass. And even in scripture, we're all invited to the feast and few come. And so we are responsible for our results, everyone both spiritually and physically. So you get out of the amount of work that you put in. And then if you can get to mass, if you can get to adoration, if you can get face to face with our Lord Jesus in the hidden sacraments, then he will double your time. I can attest to this a million times over. I have no time in my day for anything, but I will not skip mass. And he just makes it all happen. If I give him the time, he doubles it back for me. So I love that about him. He's very, very generous. So when it comes to eating, Nikki, we talk in the program about meals and about not snacking. And that is one thing we can do about holidays. And that's my next tip is really being aware of eating in meals and not grazing all day long because the food's out. Or if you go to a party, the food's out. It could start with a charcuterie board and then a salad. I mean, it could be like all day long, all night long. <laughs> So that's one thing we do talk about is in our intermittent fasting, a lot of people think intermittent fasting is, oh my gosh, I can't eat for like 16 hours and then I have an eight hour eating window. That's great. If you can get to that, that's perfect. But we start with a 12-12, 12 hours basically sleeping and then 12 hours of an eating window. And within that eating window, we advise eating in meals, whether it's three meals or two. And you can take that for the rest of your life and really become very healthy eating in meals and then eating to enough. And you can actually do this with really good food over the holidays. 
Yeah, I think that's another way to really plan well in regards to deciding what are my meals. And sometimes that might look a little bit different because if you're going somewhere for brunch, you may not be having a typical breakfast. It may hold you over a little bit longer. So just looking at those days where your schedule is a little bit out of whack and you can still bring a level of intentionality, you can still bring intentional choice into planning around what that will look like. Absolutely. And you can do that all the time. And then water as your primary fluid. So water as the biggest beverage. And it's okay to have a couple drinks during the holidays. Absolutely. Make sure to plan it. We're always big on planning it so that your prefrontal cortex, that part of your brain is always making a decision ahead of time because it'll be easier for you to stick to it when that's happening. But if you can always think about water, always having water in hand, then it's going to be a lot easier for you to not consume a lot of extra beverages that might have sugar or alcohol in them. Was that something that you did? This will be my first Christmas with Delay and Pray, so I'm excited for that. However, all the other holidays that have come up from January when I joined the program to now, I just found myself thinking a little bit more. First, when I joined the program, I think I used those as excuses to be off protocol. I was like, oh, it's Susie's birthday. Oh, it's so-and-so's retirement. And I slowly learned that, you know, those are not really excuses to be off protocol. They're actually just invitations to be more intentional. And it will be a little bit more challenging when everyone else is drinking and dining, but it's just another opportunity to maybe lean deeper into our faith or deeper into our ability to make decisions ahead of time, as you were just saying. Absolutely. And if you're trying to keep the fast, so talk about it being intentional. So then if we're using our intention to be Christ-centered in a shift our minds towards keeping the fast for our spiritual purpose. So it could be for our husband, it could be for our families, it could be for the nation, it could be political, whatever it is. Then it also becomes really intentional and it becomes Christ-centered and, and deep down and, and you can almost pass over things like Susie's birthday. You can be like, oh, I'll just attend with my water. And it's gonna be hard at first, but I do it all the time. We play pickleball on Wednesday nights with a group of people. And it's, a lot of times it's at someone's house because they have a pickleball court in their backyard and they have drinks and snacks and I'll be the one with my water and having a great time. And it's my mindset though. I'm intentional. I'm intentional upon that fasting day. I'm fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, especially for priests, especially for priests in purgatory and for some of my family members. And it's very intentional. It doesn't mean that I'm not tempted because <laughs> I am. But it gets easier and easier every week because I'm, I'm actually forming a neural pathway in my brain that's forming. And it's just like, it's, it's Wednesday, it's Friday. This is what I do on these two days, but it takes time to actually form. So I love that. I, I love that you're talking about at first when you begin, you're just very aware. You're just watching things, aren't you? You're just sort of aware of your thinking, like you're thinking about your thinking and just be like, oh my gosh, what's happening? You know, right? Yeah. I just want to invite anyone who's deciding to try or is giving this a go, like to begin with awareness, to just look at everything with kind of the mind of a scientist or someone observing with the eye of curiosity and compassion to just be like, oh, isn't that so interesting? I went to Susie's birthday and I had the cake, even though I didn't really know I had cake. Like, what was the issue there? Was it that you didn't decide ahead of time that you weren't going to have the cake? Is it because you were tempted or you felt peer pressured because everyone else was having that? So beginning with the awareness and asking yourself key questions and would be a great place to start. Oh, I love that. 
Okay, so I want to switch over to both of our backgrounds as teachers. You're a French teacher now and teaching high school, right? We call it high school in the United States, um, ninth and 10th graders. Well, I used to teach math, geometry to ninth and 10th graders and, uh, and some algebra too. And so I remember that the teacher's lounge was always filled with donuts. I mean, the parents would bring in leftover stuff. Oh boy, it was really, really tempting. I remember at the end, I decided I was never going to eat a donut out of the teacher's lounge for the whole year. And I didn't. That was my last year of teaching. I didn't. And at the very end of the year, they brought in these amazing donuts. I mean, they had like Snicker bars on top and all kinds of candied things. And I was like, okay, it's the very end. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to have a donut. And I took it back to my desk and I sat it there and I thought, oh, I need a cup of coffee. So I went and grabbed a cup of coffee, brought it back to my desk and believe it or not, Nikki, there was a hair on it. And I was like, ah, it's probably my own hair. <laughs> and I threw it away. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. I, and so I can actually tell you that I never ate anything from the teacher's lounge that whole year. So it's just crazy. The teacher's lounge is a dangerous place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I know. Yeah, I think it's Teresa Vavala that says like, know thyself and the importance of that. So for me and for everybody, there's some treats that will trigger you and some don't. So for example, for me, donuts aren't really my thing, but shortbread cookies, very much so. So in our department, somebody had bought in Nutella and cookies and chips, and I was just kind of like over it. I didn't really care. However, we had a teacher that was on short-term contract that ended her contract. And as a thank you, of course, brought in shortbread cookies for us from a local Italian bakery. And that was just a much harder situation to overcome and navigate. So just knowing what treats do I really care less about? So personally, I'm not a candy person. So whether it's Twizzlers or lollipops, rockets, it, if those are in a bowl, I will walk right by it. However, high quality chocolate or cake, yes, please. So just being aware. I think that's a huge piece. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Everybody is different and everyone has different substances that they negotiate with. Some people, like a lot of my clients, they don't drink, so they don't even negotiate with alcohol at all. I love my wine, so I negotiate with it a little bit. I don't like gummies. I don't like candy like you. Yeah, like what you just said. I, I don't care for any of that either. Yeah, the donuts, though, those and the shortbread cookies. I have both of those. So that was crazy. So being a teacher is difficult. It's a hard job anyway. But I remember being in the classroom, and I remember like as they would be testing, I would be praying for each child as they would be testing, praying for their future, praying for them. And I would just go um, up and down the rows as they were taking their test. And at the time, I, I wasn't pairing fasting with that. But I can see I could have been fasting and praying for those students. Wonder what that would have looked like. Have you considered doing that? Yeah, there are definitely some students at my heart that I have been fasting and praying for. And some I've actually seen a difference right away. And it's really amazing to see God's power. There was a student that didn't have any friends and he was really quiet in my classroom. And it really bothered me because I know how important social circles are in high school. So I just prayed and fasted for him and did some practical things like reach out to him or reach out to his parents, figured out a seating chart. But within the week, he found his rhythm and the person that I seated him beside him and the other boy have the exact same birthday. 
And they were able to figure that out. And I think he was just really happy with that connection. And it happened to be a great pairing. The boy was super patient and just really open to a new friendship. So I'm just really grateful. So yeah, it's definitely a huge tool to continue to fast and pray for my students. Oh, I love that. So I know that time is of the essence here. But Nikki, I think we can talk at the end here about how we're going to fill our plates on the holidays this year. And maybe we can fill our plate together. So the first thing that I know I'm going to do is throughout these holidays, during Thanksgiving, during Advent, during Christmas, during the whole holidays, the first thing I want to fill my plate with is unceasing prayer and love for others. So instead of getting stressed out about gifts and stressed out about travel and all the holidays bring decorating I'm going to be very intentional about filling my plate with love and abundance for others, how I can make sure that others in my life, especially my own husband, my own family, how I can delight them, how I can love them and give them beautiful gifts, not necessarily what they want, but something from me that makes them feel very, very loved. So that's going to be the first thing on my plate. What would you like to add to the plate? Ooh. I want to go back to the word delight. Delight is actually my word of the year. It is. We have so much in common. (laughs) And I just want to invite our listeners who chose a word of the year or maybe in Advent feel called to choose a word to guide their season is go back to your word of the year and see how you can add it to your plate. So my two words were delight and cultivate. What are you delighting in this season? It doesn't have to be the sugary sweet. It could be you're delighting in your family and friends. What are you cultivating? So you're cultivating conversation. You're cultivating healthy relationships. So that is what I'm adding to my plate. Oh, I love that. Okay. So the next thing I'm going to add to the plate is preparation. And I have done this for years now. I try. I haven't always been 100% successful, but I will say 80%. I try really hard to get everything situated for Christmas before Advent begins. And what happens with that is as the gifts, and I have really whittled down my gift giving. So it's small, intentional, beautiful, loving gifts. As I'm doing that, as I've pared down my decorating as well, it gives me all of Advent to really connect to others, Christmas cards, handwritten things, loving others, loving God, daily mass adoration, really getting into this joyful expectation of Christ coming into the world, coming into my heart once again. And that is something that has been really special for me. And I know with women with kids and uh, a lot of children and stuff, there's parties and you have to run out and get, you know how little kids are, mommy, I need brownies for tomorrow's party. (laughs) Oh, okay. So then you're up at 9 p.m., 10 p.m. making the brownies. Well, that's going to happen. That's fine. But I mean, Overall, just trying really hard to pare things down a little bit and prep ahead of time. So that might be something that helps with the holidays. What do you think? Yeah, I love that. I always go with the three P's, which are plan, prepare, and pray when it comes to having conversations. So you're planning what you're willing to share and maybe what you're not. So for example, if you're going for a new job interview, but you're not 100% sure yet, maybe that's just not something you're willing to share with certain people. And what you're going to ask the other person, this helps you to make sure your conversation is really edified. So you're not talking poorly about yourself or about others. You're not spreading rumors. So just really planning and preparing your heart for these multiple conversations you're going to be having around the holiday time and really wrapping that all up in prayer that you're continuing to pray for the people that you're having in your home, the homes in which you're going to. So just adding that extra layer of my mind is on and my mind is activated. You're like the woman with the oil in her lamp, like ready to go. Oh, I love that. So we just added the three P's to the plate. 
So then the last things that we're going to add is some whole food. And let me tell you, everyone, start shifting your mind towards all of the good things. In other words, lots of protein. So turkey, ham, sausage, chicken, whatever meat of the day. If you're not vegetarian, then really lean into some really good protein and then vegetables, more vegetables than you can imagine and beautifully done in many ways. And that will help you as well. Mashed potatoes, mashed sweet potatoes, real. Put those on your plate. A little bit of gravy is fine, but you're not going to douse the whole plate with that. And then if you're going to do bread and you want to bring bread, bring some homemade spelt bread. I have a recipe on my Instagram my public Instagram. And it's very easy. And you can actually make that into rolls or loaves and bring some homemade bread if you really need bread. And just have a small amount, have a small roll or one slice with butter. And then if you're going for dessert, try berries with whipped cream. You will get used to it. I know at first everyone else is eating the pumpkin pie and you're like, huh, (laughs) you're feeling that deprivation. But over time, it won't even affect you. So it's kind of like shifting or have just a dollop or just a little bit like a couple forkfuls. And this Christmas, this Thanksgiving, these holidays, just start shifting your mind into intentional eating that's wholesome and see what happens. Yeah. I'll end my plate with gratitude. It's so easy around the holidays to get wrapped up with the small stuff. Who slighted you? Who didn't say or do what you expected them to say and and do? And just really focusing on your health or the health of family and friends, the opportunity, especially after we suffered with many years of COVID, to be able to have family and friends in your home. For those of us who have gone through that, that's something we should never take lightly as a generation and society. And really ask yourself, how can I lean into gratitude this season? Oh, I love that's a perfect ending. That's a perfect dessert is gratitude, especially to when people are giving you gifts, whether it's in the classroom or your little kids, your ninth graders are still little ninth and 10th graders. So quick story, Nikki, did you know that I taught a guy he was in 10th grade in the high school that I was teaching? I taught him and he ended up marrying my daughter. (laughs) Wow. And it's funny, they weren't even friends. They met later after college. Yeah, they met in Chicago. And of course, they knew each other. But it's just so funny. Then I often wondered when I was praying down those rows of all the people, and I prayed for him several times. And he was a smarty pants, really, really good kid. I wonder what I prayed. I don't think I prayed, please marry my daughter. But you never know. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) But anyway, as a teacher... I remember getting gifts and I hope I appreciated every single one. I hope I did. I I wish I would have saved every note. I didn't. So here you go. I'm in my 50s. Save every note because I know know after a while it's cumbersome, but it would be beautiful to go and, and read those right now. I would love that. I would love to do that. So just praying for all those kids and gratitude. And anytime we get a gift from anyone, even though we think, I don't know why this person gave me this gift. It doesn't seem like me, but maybe just being in gratitude for that gift, just for the fact that they gave it to you with love. So I think we did it. We went over a little bit of holiday eating and being intentional with love and abundance. And we're going to do more. My next podcast will actually release on Thanksgiving Day, and I will give you some more tips on that. It's going to be a little bit more religious. But as for navigating through these next few months, you can do it. There is no wagon. There's no falling off the wagon. It is just nuke chapey, and that is beginning again. And Nikki was the one who gave me that phrase, and that means begin again with gentle repentance. And gentle repentance means true compunction, like true repentance, like I'm sorry, Lord. I truly am sorry. I really want to do this, and I can't do it without your help. And you can do that a thousand times a day, right, Nikki? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So I thank her for that. All right. Well, Nikki, any parting thoughts for us? Anything you want to tell us about? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Canadian Catholic Coach, and I'd be happy to coach any woman listening on anything they're going through throughout the holidays. This is the time to begin to think about next year and how you want to approach it and set your goals. So I help Catholic women navigate their emotions and set goals and work towards achieving them. And I am happy to do so for any of your listeners. And my closing thoughts is just to remember that the season is wrapped with the love of God. It is wrapped in love and abundance, and you can move from indulgence to intentional. Oh, I love it. And her Instagram tagline says, I help women cultivate lasting confidence and get excited about God's plan for their life because God has a dream and a plan for each one of us. And I love it. Okay, everybody, keep fasting, Nikki. Loved having you in the group. And she's in our membership now. So she hops on the calls every now and then and listens to the replays. So it's wonderful having her there. And remember, we are both body and soul during the holidays. So we have to take care of our souls during these holidays as well as our bodies. That composite stays with us until death. So we remember that. Well, Nikki, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Beth. God bless. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and are ready to boldly manage both your body and soul during this holiday season. Please share it with your friends if it was inspiring for you so others will hear the great message of permanent weight loss by learning to delay sugar, flour, and alcohol even during the holidays. And you're doing it for others. Have a great week, my friends. Keep praying and fasting, and I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always. 